0: what's up everyone kevin here from skywatcher and welcome to another episode of the skywatcher what's up webcast we do this every friday 10 a.m pacific right here at the skywatcher usa youtube channel we cover everything from what's up in the nighttime sky to equipment to helpful tips and tricks on imaging and astrophotography and of course at the end of the month we have guests on to talk about their specialty in the field of astronomy and it's the end of the month i have no idea where this year is going and how we're possibly almost into may but yet we're here so, that's a thing. Um, before we get started, we bring our guests on today. A couple little announcements. We are doing our Jumbo Shrimp Sale. Yes, that's a real thing that we came up with and got paid to come up with. Um, this is the Jumbo Shrimp Sale. Um, we've got our Evo Lux 62, if it stops shifting. 62.82 and the Star Adventure Mini are all on sale while supplies last. You can go over to our website, skywatchusa.com, and all the fun stuff that's on sale is up for grabs right now. Um, so you can go that, and that's while supplies last. And of course, last, um, you can go over to skywatcher.threadless.com to pick up your favorite Skywatcher swag to match your favorite stuff or just because you want to have the coolest shirt at the next star party. So anyway, those are what's going on right now with Skywatcher. Um, but today, we actually have some special guests on joining us from Planetary Radio, which is a part of the Planetary Society. Um, we have both hosts. We have Matt Kaplan and Sarah Halamed on with us today and i'm just gonna go ahead and drag those two in here right now anyway. so poof there they are hidden behind the screen so <laughs> hi guys how you doing so,
1: great good to see you again kevin
0: you as well and sarah this is the first time we've had you on thanks for joining us
2: <laughs> no problem thanks for having me
0: um so i start this off the same way every time and because there's two of you it gives us more to talk about but um how did you guys get involved either in astronomy or where did your interest in space stem from that now has landed you at the Planetary Society?
1: I, I defer to the current, the new host of Planetary Radio.
2: <laughs> Although Matt was the host for over 20 years. So, you know, I feel like I'm very much the the newbie here, but um, you know, I think it, like a lot of people, I I kind of fell in love with space because of my exposure to science fiction. Star Trek completely blew my mind as a kid so it kind of prepared me it laid the path but then there was this key moment I was six years old and I was in class one of my teachers brought in a newspaper clipping for show and tell that said that they had discovered uh, a planet outside of our solar system and it wasn't the first one but I ran home that night and I was like mom there are planets out there I, I'm i going to study that and I literally never got over it and it shaped the rest of my life <laughs> So here I am. (laughs) How about you, Matt?
1: The big difference is the generational difference here, because when I was at that point in school, I was reading in the textbooks at school and the stuff I got at home. We will probably never see a star as a disk, much less find a planet around another solar system. And it's quite possible that we are in the only solar system with planets uh, in the entire universe. How wrong we were. I was like um,
0: that was shattered
1: <laughs> immensely. <thank laughs> goodness. Uh, yeah, thank Galileo. Um, we uh, you know, it's hard to pin down. I probably, and I tell this story frequently, I probably fell in love with astronomy and the universe, largely because of the Griffith Observatory, the former employer of Sarah. Uh, And uh, that's because my parents, we used to live fairly close to Griffith Park in Los Angeles, and they would bring me there to Griffith Park and, you know, put me on a pony on the pony rides. We didn't have ponies at the observatory, Uh, but before I could walk and they do the same thing, they take me to the observatory. And I think it just blew my tiny mind. And uh, that kind of stuck with me. And, you know, I just started when I was old enough, started reading every book I could find. About space, and that became reading about science fiction set in space, uh, which continues today. Right, I mean, till yesterday when we had um, Andy Weir on, talking about uh, Project Hail Mary uh, in our new book club for members in the member community, um, and and it's just really gone ever since. I just had to tear myself away a few minutes ago from the the spacewalk, the spectacular spacewalk that's underway on the ISS which was just gorgeous looking down on earth and you could see the moon in the background who wouldn't be in love with this stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, Matt, I know you've been with the planetary society. Well, you've hosted planetary radio for like over two decades, but, um, I wondered if you could just, because you're the seasoned veteran of the group here, if you could kind of explain to people who might not be familiar with the Planetary Society on what it actually is.
1: And thank you. That's a nice way of saying the old person in the group. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I got there about... How do I maintain this relationship without offending someone? (laughs) (laughs) I reached the Society as a volunteer and then quickly as a part-time employee about 22 and a half years ago. I had been a member for quite a while before that. Uh, and um, I, you know, I realized that while there were a few other organizations that have missions that somewhat overlap with ours, that's still true. Uh, and they're all great groups. It was the Planetary Society, first of all, that was founded by Carl Sagan and Bruce Murray and Lou Friedman. And that was reason enough for me to be especially interested in this group. Uh, and it was also the Planetary Society that was founded, in large part, to make sure that our exploration of the solar system and space continued uh, because there was some question about that when the three founders began the society. That's why they created the society, because we were entering into a, you know, a dead zone for exploration, even though it was the time of, of Voyager and uh, Viking mission had just been completed. And uh, that vision continues today. We have these absolutely wonderful core enterprises uh, that include saving the planet. Uh, I'm just back from the Planetary Defense Conference, where we were once again a major sponsor, the discovery and the search for life across our solar system and the universe, uh, and uh, exploring new worlds. And, you know, the fact that we have been so effective advocating for this in washington dc we have an absolutely wonderful advocacy and policy team led by our colleague casey dreyer who just is a marvel uh, and a pretty pretty good podcast host a pod host i can't say it anymore i've been off the air too long a podcast <laughs> host himself uh now with sarah doing our monthly space policy edition um, and and just the opportunities that we offer to our members, uh, in including the new member community. It's just a, a thrilling organization to be part of. And, you know, uh, as Bill Nye says, space brings out the best in us. And mm-hmm. uh, I I very much believe in that. And I'm That's sure, awesome. Sarah, please add on. Oh, well said, Matt. But honestly,
2: I mean, coming at it from the perspective of someone that you know, only learned about the Planetary Society less than 10 years ago, seeing where the organization is now versus where it was in the past is is absolutely mind-blowing to me because we're at this phase where we have over 50,000 members around the world, all of us working together to try to support space science and exploration. And we have no kind of monetary stake in this, right? We're just people who love this thing. And we've been frighteningly effective at getting these missions when we feel like it's a priority, you know, like, currently, we're trying to support the Veritas mission to Venus that's on hold. And already, we've gotten over a 1000 people in the United States to write into their Congress members to try to support this mission. And we're just going to keep going till we save it. And we continue to do that with other missions. So, you know, whether it's sharing the love of science with people who have only just learned about space, or getting the people who are super into it to really volunteer their time to support these missions, it's it's really cool seeing what we're doing and new new stuff like the member community, I think really takes it to a new level. I worked on building that member community app for two years before I became the new planetary radio host and seeing everyone in there together, really interacting. It's absolutely just the coolest thing I've ever helped build in my life and
1: really satisfying to see. You know. I just want to add, it's not just our own egos, which exist that, you know, <laughs> our pride in, The part we've had in, in some cases, saving some missions, this is actually acknowledged by a number of mission leaders. Um, We are working now with the Veritas team because we absolutely believe in that mission. But if you look back to like New Horizons, Pluto, Arakoth, Alan Stern, the uh, principal investigator for New Horizons, gives us a lot of the credit for saving uh, that mission more than once. And look at what the result was. I mean, that... That's just something that uh, we can all be very proud of. All of our members.
0: Do you notice? Um, just because this is where the conversation is currently at, since the beginning of the Planetary Society, you know, when Carl Sagan was still with us, you know, like you said, you still had Voyager and all these big missions going on, and obviously Apollo was a uh, like a decade or two from ahead of that. But it's kind of like you see these lulls in interest in space and it's like back in the 60s and 70s obviously we were going to the moon you had the space race and then you know we obviously went out into the solar system for the first time and then things kind of went into the valley where maybe you had a mission going to Mars or something like that but it got quiet for a while then it seems like it's ramped up as more interest has come in with Mars Um, you've obviously had several missions going there and then you have you know, New Horizons, and you have James Webb, and it's like, now we're at this new mecca, again, of uh, space exploration, but now you have the private sector pushing up to the the new space race is happening privately, and then, obviously, there's this massive explosion of interest in either deep space because of James Webb or planetary discovery from all different missions. You find that you guys have helped a lot with that and fanning those embers. And, or do you see that there's more growth and interest coming into the planetary society simply because culturally we're more interested now?
2: It's a complicated question.
0: That's a lot more than I planned on asking in <laughs> one question.
2: <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, like the, the history of why we originally did things like, say, go to the moon, right? It was very politically driven, you know? Mm-hmm. The context now is very different, like back then it was very nationalistic. Now we have a whole generation of people that that saw those Hubble images. Right. We have the legacy of people that walked on the moon. We know that we can accomplish it. And yes, there was kind of like a lull in funding for a while there. But that love of space really persisted and we, we can see it now absolutely flourishing. So it's, it's, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I don't know what he's. I know,
1: because
0: of social media, and obviously cameras are getting have gotten a lot better. So if you want to go take like pictures of the night sky, it's, it's so much easier to be intertwined with that world now because of social media. And you're seeing like, oh, this person went and saw the Milky Way, or oh, they went and saw a SpaceX launch or whatever. It's
1: Of course, you can also read the proof that Earth is flat in social media. So there's that side. Oh, of course, yes.
0: You You have to have both sides of the spectrum.
1: No, you don't. It's always (laughs) cyclical, right? Like most things in human society. Uh, And that's why it's important to have groups like the Planetary Society Mm -hmm. to try and smooth out that constant up and down curve. And, you know, I hope we've had some success with that. I think we have. Um, You also have this growing international participation in space exploration I mean look at that that <laughs> gorgeous image of deimos that was just published by the uh, the hope mission out of the United Arab Emirates um uh, just what an accomplishment that was it's the first really good close-up image we've had and from this country that you know is brand new at space exploration essentially so that helps i think um but we partly exist to make sure that the interest continues and you know look where we're headed god or whatever forbid that we hit uh, that we go past you know the raising the debt ceiling here in the united states but right now as we speak congress is considering how to reach a compromise and the republicans have proposed this pretty massive cut to uh, discretionary spending well nasa is discretionary spending so um, uh, the fight continues. It's it's not going to stop.
0: Oh, no. And I know it's always up and down and uh, stuff like that. Um, but it's I think you guys would agree that it's important to have space exploration be culturally... People be culturally aware of space exploration because it's like if we don't have space exploration, it's like we've already traveled all the oceans we've reached all the continents and of course the ocean has been nowhere near as discovered but space exploration is that one outlet for humanity to be that is where the future is is heading out away into the stars at this point and if someone or some entity is not going to push us into the deeper waters then we just become stagnant sitting on our little rock, being like, yeah, everything's fine. It's like, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I agree. So, yeah.
2: What I think is really powerful about it is, is that it, it not only gives us something to kind of explore into beyond our world in, in a way that is, you know, not super, um, it, it, it's not like we're going to get to Mars and accidentally colonize over it, right? Mm-hmm. It's It's a kind of pure form of exploration, but on top of that, it gives us something to hope for. And all of that work together here on earth produces technology and jobs and and whole industries that really, you know, they help all of us here on earth. So it's, it's fun to think about it just aspirationally, but functionally it's driving forward our technology in ways that most people just really aren't aware of, which is really cool. And they they have a whole, they have whole symposiums about this. Um, It's just all the cool technology that comes out of NASA and other space agencies every year. It's, you know,
0: I think a lot and, of people don't realize even like in your phone, uh, you don't realize how much technology had originated. Like I think the new iPads have like lidar on them, which is like I think you know? I read
1: that. Yeah. What? And you like, like G- you, you like GPS? Um yeah. <laughs> Relativity-based GPS. You know, Bill <laughs> Nye loves to say, "Space brings out the best in us, and space brings us together." Uh, mm. And we have seen that. I mean, right now there is a an astronaut out of the middle east working in tandem uh in space during a spacewalk with an american astronaut with other international representation inside that uh, tin can that goes around the earth every 90 minutes uh it's it's it it works i mean how many other places do we see this kind of collaboration across uh, nations that otherwise don't get along that well
0: No, and that's the thing I think is really cool, particularly about astronomy and space, is, you know, for me, I've done so many outreach events, and I'm sure you guys have seen this too, where you bring a telescope out, point it at whatever. You can bring people from all different races, religions, creeds, whatever their background is, political, completely on the other end of the spectrums from each other, and literally all that just melts away. And you have people, like, within 30 minutes talking about some of the most in-depth conversations and there's very civil about it too. It's amazing what space and this little seed that everybody has in their head that's like, oh yeah, that's really cool. Even if it's for like 10 minutes, but at least you stopped and thought about the bigger picture and had some humility about things. And I think that's what is kind of cool about the planetary society and promoting that. And what you see on the space missions is like, okay, sure, we're all from different countries and maybe our countries don't get along, but what if we just left the boundaries of the countries altogether on the ground and it's all irrelevant when we're up above our little pale blue dot, essentially.
2: Yeah, Yeah. we can basically all achieve that overview effect if we try hard enough, but without even leaving our planet, you know? You don't even need to be looking down at, you know, a live stream of Earth from space to get it. We have all these beautiful images and it, it really just does... Make you tip a, take a step back and think about we're all just creatures living on one rock in space man all these yeah. things that divide us it it they're important but they're less important than our unity as a people and as creatures of this planet together like we got to treat each other kindly mm-hmm. and treat our planet kindly and i love that about space there's never a moment that i'm working in this industry or learning something that it doesn't make me f- like rethink my place and my connection with other people in a good, hopeful, healthy way, <laughs>
1: which is yeah. nice. Read, read that pale do, pale do blot. God, <laughs> I cannot talk today. Pale blue dot speech again by Carl Sagan. I was just yeah. showing off the image uh, to a, a rotary club in Fairbanks, Alaska a few minutes ago this morning. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if, if you want to be inspired, read that speech. It, it just captures everything Sarah was just talking about.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I had that framed and it's just, you know, some days when you're like having a bad day and you walk by and you read through it, you're like, yeah, yep. maybe it's not that bad. It's all good. Yes, I think that's what happens with our cultures. And uh, I think a lot of it, you know, we're always stuck on our phones. There's light pollution. So there's no emphasis to look up anymore. (laughs) And it kind of just boils down to, we kind of lost our way for humility because there's nothing to put us in perspective until Mm. you get out to like the dark sky sites or you see an image come down from James Webb or Hubble. And it's like, okay, like that's, that puts me in my spot. So.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I grew up at, you know, my mom, my mom is an artist. So every summer she would take us up into the Sierras and she would teach arts and crafts to kids for a month and a half while we'd be up there so for a month and a half of every summer, I was up there just staring at these open, beautiful skies. And the fact that there are humans that walk around on this earth that have never had the privilege to see that sky, it, it I, I love what modern technology has given us. There are so many wonderful new ways to learn and connect. But the fact that we've robbed ourselves of the beauty of the night sky is really concerning. And I, I, anybody who's listening, I'm sure everybody listening to this has seen the night sky, but truly Whenever you get a chance, at least once a year, like get away from the city, which is hard because yeah. here we are living in these cities in order to communicate science to people. <laughs> I keep joking, like, you know, I robbed myself of the uh, the sky in order to, to share it with other people, but it's totally worth it. <laughs> yeah, at least you can see Venus out here.
1: <laughs> yep, I, I'm yes. sorry. I, I, there are so many kids, you know, who live in cities around the world. Yeah, uh, who I just would love to, and there are groups that support this kind of work um get them out into one of those dark sky areas and open up the heavens to them
0: yeah i saw this cool post uh as uh they kind of worded it from a different thing but it said in search of gold we lost the diamonds so Yep. So, yeah so good. you know, we're always after adding more lights and more lights and more light. And then you see it, especially if you're in l a and you go up to Griffith, and it's like, well, Griffith is beautiful, and it's this amazing thing. And then you get up there and you just look down at night, and it's like, there's a lot of lights here, yep, so, yeah, I mean, but... they're
2: beautiful, but but like you can see the difference in the kids that come up just during the day with their family versus the the kids that come up for the field trips. Like mm. I taught the school field trips for the school program for about six years there. And at some point, you take them into the planetarium dome. You turn off all the lights, you let their eyes acclimate, and the star projector turns on. And and you can just see their their eyes twinkle when they get out of there. A lot of them have never experienced a bright sky like that with the Milky Way outside of that dome. And you can see how it changes them. And then you teach them that they're made of stardust, and walk them around and show them the periodic table and all these other things. By the time they get out of there, they're just crackling with this like newfound idea of self. It's absolutely wild to see.
0: Work for me. Mic yeah. drop every day is just like <laughs> mic drops. So yeah, even if you only mind. reach
2: one person, one person out of all those kids, that's that's you know, when it was in person, it was thirty thousand students a year. Now that it's a virtual school program, it's I forget the number, but it's it's very high. It's almost a hundred thousand students a year. I can't imagine how many lives are changed just by that one little experience. And thankfully mm-hmm. there's science educators butting all over the place i feel like carl sagan really opened it up for so many of us like he he made science communication and especially space communication so popular that now there's a bunch of us out here just sharing it with everyone and it's nice to be able to kind of help carry on carl sagan's legacy because none of us none of us would be here without him
0: oh. yep yeah that would be awesome so <laughs> yeah i wish did you ever get to meet him matt
1: I was in the same room as Carl exactly once in my life, excuse me, I was covering the Viking mission for my college radio station. We had told JPL, summer of 1976, we had told JPL that we were the only public radio station in Orange County, which was true, uh, but we didn't tell them that we had an effective radiated power of 24 watts. Uh, And so there were three of us who got in, scruffy college students, and it was a wonderful experience uh, that I can go on about for a long time. But at one point, Carl was across the room, and we got a hold of one of his handlers, assistants, whatever, and we said, hi, we're from KUCI, UC Irvine. We would love to talk to Dr. Sagan. So we see this guy go back over to Carl Sagan, who is hanging out with you know the major networks, the people who can actually do a good job of helping him get this message out to people, not little college radio stations. He looks over at us, three scruffy radio guys, uh, college radio guys, and he looks back to the guy and he goes, <laughs> And,
0: and I get it. I
1: understand. He was talking to CBS <laughs> or this is before CNN. And um, that's the closest I ever came. Um, but I, I tell you, part of the incentive for wanting to be part of the organization was knowing, just like Sarah That this is we were started by Carl and these other two amazing founders. Now, since then, uh, Andrean has become, I think I can say, a a friend uh, and uh, uh, a great admirer. And one of the nicest things she ever said to me, one of the nicest things anybody ever said, is that she was pretty sure Carl would have uh, enjoyed getting to know me. And you know, I I can't ask for more than that. I can, I can truly retire now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's. That's what I was going to ask you because since you have been with the Planetary Society, did you start Planetary Radio, Matt? I did. Yeah. Okay. So it was your baby.
1: I was at the society. I was part-time until only about uh, eight years ago, I think. I went full-time. And so I was also working at a local university. Uh, But I was there for two years before Lou Friedman, our executive director, still around, still doing great work, um, uh, allowed me to give it a shot. And the, we started the show on my old college radio station, since I was connected there, KUCI, and uh, that grew pretty fast, uh, especially when we brought in somebody to help us get the word out to, you know, now we're still on over 100 public radio stations with the radio version of the show. Uh, and And of course, the podcast came along later all of which is now Sarah's weekly headache, much more than mine.
2: <laughs> I'm just you get to chill out now. <laughs>
1: you more know? or less. One of
2: years mm-hmm. you worked on this show, and it, it, it is. It's a, an absolute feat, and the longer I work on it, the more appreciation I have for what you managed to accomplish by yourself. It's <laughs> stunning.
1: <laughs> I told Sarah, don't take this job unless they give you some help. And thank goodness we did hire this wonderful guy, Andrew i'm gonna forget his last name is it lucas not? lucas andrew mm-hmm. lucas sorry andrew andy um who helps with the post-production now right sarah and mm-hmm. does a good job so oh, it's yeah.
2: fantastic <laughs> saving my my sanity
1: <laughs> oh man i wish i had I, I should have demanded that a long time ago sorry right.
0: <laughs> so what um what made the shift from you matt to go from being the host to shifting over to sarah
1: oh this uh We were 18 years into the show. So about two and a half years ago, I went to our chief operating officer, Jennifer Vaughn, and I said, you know, Jennifer, 20 years sounds about right of, you know, meeting this weekly deadline. She said, you sure? And then Bill Nye later said, are you sure? Uh, But really uh, 20 years of that weekly deadline just got to me. And I also thought, you know, if you could go back and you can, listen to the very first Planetary Radio episode, you're not going to hear a lot of difference between that and the last show that I did at the end of 2022. Just seems like in 20 years, a lot can happen, a lot can evolve and develop, and that it was time for um, a new voice to come in. Mm -hmm. So we did this massive search and had hundreds of candidates. And to my great joy... Uh, because I was hoping this would come out this way. <laughs> Sarah, who was already on the payroll, as you heard, she was already our social media community uh, mem- uh, uh, member community person. Um, she rose to the top. And, you know, I think people have been hearing why over the last, uh, over, well, it's for almost four months now. Um, uh, and I'm thrilled because I still need to drop in. Sarah lets me drop in every once in a while, like next week's show, my time at the planetary defense conference uh a couple of weeks ago uh will be featured and you know they've got me doing other fun stuff but i can say i do miss the opportunity on a weekly basis to, to talk to talk to the heroes that now sarah has gets to talk to uh, every week
2: i'm very lucky i've met so many wonderful people since i've started this job and yeah the, the deadline is daunting but the the ability to just write someone on a space mission ask them questions and have them willingly just be like yes i'd love to come on your show it's absolutely startling <laughs> at yep. the same time though i do not have your prowess yet matt 20 years has honed you into this like perfect host you know i'm i'm still very daunted yeah. by stepping into your shoes but you're,
1: um, you're well. obviously you may maybe you're not in my shoes you're not in my mind either They're, they never sound perfect to me uh really kind of i hope they never do Uh, because there's always room to improve you're doing a terrific job and you know we know that because there are plenty of people out there who agree with me
2: thanks matt (laughs) can only hope to aspire to you
0: (laughs) (laughs) these webcasts are a lot of like we do this every friday and you know it's there's a lot of behind the scenes planning it takes to make something of like that and obviously yours is even bigger than ours but you know who's going to be on can you get them on are they available at that time? Like it's a whole production that goes on. And then the, just the equipment and learning the all ins and outs of producing something like a webcast or a podcast is, it's a fair amount of investment to do it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I applaud you guys for doing it. And especially for as long as you've been doing it. So
1: other uh, star shows in good hands. And uh, I'm very happy about that. I, you know, I don't know if i'll still be around when sarah's ready to hand this off to somebody else but i you know i hope that this is going to go on for a long long time you know the solar system is going to be here a long time too so there's plenty yes. to talk about
0: <laughs> yeah. we have at least four and a half billion years left, yeah so.
1: right
2: <laughs> who even knows what our missions are going to be like in a billion years if we're yeah. still around <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but yeah i keep i keep saying this but the planetary society is going to have to fire me into the sun to get rid of me so <laughs> <laughs>
1: Which would make for a good um, show, by the way. Actually. Oh, yeah. It'd be a very uh, up, Sarah way to go out. Up close yeah. on the photosphere would be fun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm getting closer. It's quite hot out here. So <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, Sarah, do you get to talk with a lot of like kids and stuff when you're not doing... Your webcam or uh, the podcast now?
2: I mean, these days less less than I used to, just because I was teaching teaching kids field trips uh, so often. But what's kind of awesome about this job is that people from all around the world will write me letters. And I, I've had less children reach out to me recently, but I, there are many you know high school and college age students that have started reaching out to me, primarily younger women of color who are trying to mm-hmm. find a role model in this field who've written me to either ask life advice or just, you know, tell them, tell tell me what it means to have more women as role models in this field. It's, it's fascinating, but I, I know it might not be the most efficient use of my time, but literally anytime one of these kids writes me to ask if they can chat, I always say yes. <laughs> I always say yes, because you never know. You never know how you might change the arc of their life or what you might get out of it. And it's ne- I never regret it. So You know, until the day that the Planetary Society tells me it's not an efficient use of our funds to do that, um, I'm still going to say yes.
1: (laughs) Do it anyway. I I can assure you, I mean, because, you know, 20 years on the air, I had people who were in high school or early undergraduates who are now leading fields of planetary science. And I don't think there's anything that I'm more proud of uh, than, than knowing that, you know, they part of their incentive to do all of that was they got into planetary radio so keep it up sarah it's it's i mean you know even if they never go near uh astronomy planetary science astrophysics as as you did um it, it's still worth it because you're turning you're creating science literate citizens
0: yeah you never know about who that. you're gonna spark and i think exactly. there's a, in this day and age it's so easy for people to be like I'm too busy. I have too much going on. I can't do that right now. And even if you could take five or ten minutes, it's like, I have found, like, that can go a long way to establishing the next generation. It's just, someone gave me five or ten minutes of their time and made me believe that I could do it. And then that's where I ran off with it. So, um... Especially after, like,
2: everything we've been into, you know, just across the world we've all been through a thing over the last few years right many of just us have a been
0: little thing, a little but you, know.
2: but you know we've all been kind of locked away inside uh craving mm-hmm. human communication so if anybody especially someone younger who's trying to like establish who they are and learn what they like in a world that you know kind of separated them from their opportunities if especially now if they reach out to me i will absolutely talk to them because i know what that meant to me as a kid there was this group of astronomers up at my, my summer camp it's like these four elderly gentlemen, you know, who, who had these slide decks full of images from Hubble and would just take all of us little kids out to the lake with the telescope and show us. And I don't know, I had maybe an hour of their time and it it changed me, you know, mm-hmm. so it's it's worth it. It's worth it.
0: <laughs> no, we need more of that. And it's cool that you actually take the time to respond back when you can to those Those people. And I was going to ask because we just finished up in March with uh, Women's History Month um, how it's cool that the Planetary Society uh, moved you into the host because it does establish a new level of diversity. Yes, it does. Um, And we do need more women in astronomy and space and i know there's plenty of them out there but it's like you just don't see them and the hard work that they've done so it's cool to see you in a position to where people can see you and hear you and it's you're you know yeah you're just pushing it forward a little bit more and you're showing other people that like oh i can do cool things too so
1: before sarah comments i have to tell you this was a high priority for me and for our management and uh it's it just, I'm, I'm, loving how successful it has been.
2: Yeah, we actually a few years ago established a a DEIA working group at the Planetary <coughs> Society, because I mean anybody who's in this field knows that there are there are people of all walks of life that want to be in this field that deserve their chance. But there's you know a vast underrepresentation of so many demographics, and anything that we can do as an organization to make people feel welcome right the the choice to to pick me as a host was you know not completely based on that and there were many 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 people that would have been wonderful in this role but knowing that i can serve that function to just you know just with my presence make other people feel like they can be welcome here <laughs> means a lot because I, as a woman in science like there are a lot of things that get in your way mm-hmm. and even just meeting a single a single woman in astrophysics would blow my mind. When I was younger, I was, uh, gosh, I think one of two women in my graduating class at UC Berkeley in my field. Mm. And my, you know, the head of our department at UC Berkeley, her name was Dexter Stewart. I don't know if she's still the the head of that department, but she was one of the the rare pioneering Black women that got their degree in astrophysics. To this day, there are still very few of them, and she rose to the top and headed that program and just meeting her just knowing someone with her life history had made it there it 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 made me so just uh I don't even know like just kind of stalwart in my conviction that I wanted to continue to pursue this and I saw how she would go out of her way to help me and the other people in our field when we were feeling imposter syndrome frankly right so it's 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 nice and I I can see the letters from people. It it means something to them. And it's uh it's weird for me to grapple with, but I'm happy to be here to help.
1: <laughs> Sarah, I want to hear you interview her.
2: Ooh, I would love that. I would love that. That's such a beautiful idea. Even just that. to talk to her to thank thank her for everything that she did for me and everyone else in that department. I mean, my gosh, but her life story is a good one. Yeah.
0: Get on it. Chop chop. <laughs> chop chop. <laughs> Um, So now that Sarah is the head of Planetary Radio, where do you see the future of Planetary Radio going?
2: Yeah, this is a tricky one because there there are so many changes that we can make, right? There are a lot of variations on what the kind of meta for podcasting and radio is right now. But, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure that we kept the show mostly the same for at least the first six months, we have this wonderful listenership that's been into the show for 20 years i don't want to just jump in there and rattle the cage right um and thankfully this moment kind of coincides with our new member community so i have some ideas of ways that i want to change it but i also want to reach out to our community our listeners and hear what their thoughts are as well Mm. Um, if i had enough people and this is the really tricky bit there are so many things I wish we could do if we had like a whole crew behind this show, because then we could do things like, you know, s- stream it live on Twitch or, you know, have the the cool extra things that don't go in the show show up as like videos on our TikTok and things like that. I would love to do that, but uh, that that would take some extra resources or at least a- an AI assistant or something.
1: <laughs> that might be coming. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I've been looking into that chat GPT API
0: is all I'm saying. <laughs> we... um. I don't know if my boss will be upset about this. He probably won't be, but for the to try it, we just finished a ad and we had AI write some of it. Just oh. for the heck of it. Uh-huh. And we read through it yesterday. We're like, This is frighteningly good. <laughs> like, this is <laughs> Keep scary. This. How good right? this actually is. With a couple minor tweaks. But at the end it's like yeah, we're all screwed. Like yeah. we don't need a writer anymore; just an editor. So. We've been
1: have oh, we've, we've been joking about uh, we're going to have to start certifying content as CHO certified human origin. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I think I'm still that's human a good one. Now, so, mm-hmm.
2: it's interesting to me because I feel like uh, there's so so many things that humans wish that they could do if they had the time to do so. All of us, you know, have to work a job in order to survive, and I'm I'm just hoping as many of us are replaced by these robots that you know hopefully our society shifts around into a place where people can actually do what they love because you know but i you know I'm, I'm just trying not to be bitter about it i was one of those people that was doing exoplanet detection research mm. and my job was taken by kepler the <laughs> space telescope so i you know i think about i think about that moment how frustrating that was but how i can't be mad at the space telescope for doing it better than any of us could right now we have like 5,000 exoplanets. That would have taken us forever, so I'm, I'm trying to be hopeful about it, but it is also kind of frightening.
0: <laughs> I love you, Space Telescope, but I hate you at the same time. So. Yeah. <laughs> um Matt, where do you, from your position and having done this for 20 plus years, where do you see Planetary Radio coming from oh, your I, chair? <laughs> I,
1: I just, I love the stuff that Sarah's talking about. This is exactly what I was talking about when I said, you know, really new eyes, new ideas. That's what the show needs and is in the process of getting. So yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing the, the changes, how this program evolves because it needs to. Uh, And, you know, in the meantime, I I still hope I'll have a little bit to do with it. But like I said, they're giving me other fun stuff to do. So um, I I have no complaints. Uh, And um, I I just like I I hope it will be for many years to come uh, a place where people know they can go, whether they are new to following space exploration or whether they our old hands at it um and and know that they're going to get great content but and not just hear about the science and the engineering and the technological achievements but meet the people and find out about you know these wonderful i call them heroes that sarah's talking to now every week who have what bill nye calls the you know the uh, the pb and j the passion beauty and joy because they pretty much all do. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing this work. It doesn't pay well enough.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and the, the hours are generally pretty long. So um, they all feel it, almost all of them. And um, that's what I hope the show will continue. Whatever form it takes, whatever, however the shape changes and however it reaches people, I hope it'll continue to both communicate the wonder of the universe and the passion of these people who are, you know, taking us on this tour of the universe. Yeah,
2: there are all you these too. moments, like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was going to say, go like, ahead. there are all these moments, <laughs> like, during, like, right after the recording for the show ends, where I'm still talking to them, and we end up having these you know tangential conversations but that's when the most interesting moments for me so far have happened we've already gotten the space and the science conversation out of the way and then you start delving a little bit more personally like conversationally into their life and as soon as that that camera shuts down and they're not being recorded the stories you hear it's almost like i wish i could do two shows with each person one that's mm. about the science and just one about their journey and how they got there because it's always really fascinating and I mean, just that that conversation I had with Scott Bolton, the PI for the Juno mission. Soon as that camera shut down, suddenly we're talking about his adventures with the Wu Tang Clan.
1: Oh yeah, uh huh.
2: So cool. I I want to share that story with everyone. I have to get him back on to talk about it.
0: <laughs> uh, we had uh, Don Pettit, the astronaut, on a while. He's a friend of ours, um, and it's the same thing. Yeah, it, I mean. Obviously when you have someone of that caliber on, they're gonna talk about their major experiences and stuff like that. And then there's the times we've hung out with Don where we weren't doing anything and we're just hanging out and we're like, How'd you become an astronaut, Don? And he's like, Well, I was like in some volcano getting lava samples, and then I got a call from NASA. We're just like, Wow. What? Like, <laughs> no. It's and then it's just progressively like that. It's just random. It completely entertain. it's amazing what some of these people's stories are when you just get away from their main world and all the things that they've done on the side i'm sure bill Nye's the same way if you talk to him on certain things and then you get bill on the side and he just kind of goes on a fun all the things that he's probably experienced i'm sure it gets eclectic
1: so. i will i mean and his own um uh wariness of pushing his own ego in public uh, means that yeah there are some stories you hear behind the scenes but really pretty much the bill you see (laughs) on tv is the bill that is bill nye (laughs) Uh, and so that same kind of energy is what he brings to everything in his life so yeah uh, it's a lot of fun
2: what i will say is talk to him about baseball (laughs)
1: that's right he
2: loves baseball (laughs) also there are these moments where things will break around the office and instead of just like hiring someone to fix it bill nye is up under our sink in the kitchen fixing
1: it like he's that that guy yep (laughs) and and bill has he has a patent on a device that you stick on the end of your baseball bat so that when you're practicing doing fungo stuff you can he hated the idea you had to bend over to pick up the ball after you hit it so he put this little cup-like hand thing at the end of his uh, baseball bat you stick that over the ball picks up the ball you take it off and you throw it up and hit it again and uh i don't know if he sold any of them but he did patent it so (laughs) there's an example of his baseball uh uh affinity
0: i know he's someone we've wanted to get on this show but he's kind of at that upper echelon group busy guy he's
2: busy yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs)
0: yeah like he is on tv or something geez yeah really you think (laughs) (laughs) um i know we only have like a little over 10 minutes left but where um just in planetary society in general um where's planetary society going next i know you guys have done your own missions like light sail and i know there's light sail too but where's where beyond planetary radio what's the what is going on at planetary society
1: a lot I mean, the member community, which Sarah did so much work to put together, has really succeeded beyond, I bet, your dreams even, Sarah.
2: Oh, my gosh, yes. I did not think we would have so many thousands of people in there interacting within the space of the first month. It, it's startling. I have to actually, like, be careful about my notifications because my uh, my wristwatch will go off every time someone messages me. And it's it's fun, but it's distracting. There are a lot of people in there. <laughs>
1: So the woman that we hired to take Sarah's place, if anybody could, is also wonderful, Amber Trujillo, uh, and she is just doing a wonderful job managing our community, managing our social media, and uh, she has a lot of ideas, so we're going to be doing a lot more with through these channels, uh, and as you heard, Sarah's got her own thoughts about how to weave planetary radio into this. Again, it's not something that's coming. It's something that's already here. But we now have this wonderful sort of planetary society junior for kids. Yep. And what's the range? I think it's 8 to 12. Eight to, no, it's younger than that. Six, it's younger than that. I think it's what? Shoot. 7 to 10? That sounds right. Pla- planetary Academy. I have two grandkids in it. They devour it. They get these, these wonderful packages every quarter that are just full of activities and great publications and wonderful mm-hmm. images. And uh, they just, they like work through everything on the first day, which is their only regret because they wish there was more of it. So that's really exciting because Bill, I mean, he's Bill Nye. We have needed something to, uh, to reach out to young people for a long, long time. Bill always says, if you don't get them interested in science by the time they're 10, you've probably lost them. And so now we really have this great tool for doing that. Other stuff that's coming up. I mean, there are some initiatives in the works that I can't, I can't really talk about much. Sure, <laughs> but but people should stay tuned. If you want to know what's going on? We haven't said yet. Pardon the plug. Planetary.org, planetary.org. Great place to find out everything that we're up to to follow public uh, planetary radio. Um, but you know, we're very popular across all of social media, which Sarah knows far more about than me.
0: (laughs) I was going to ask, if people wanted to know, uh, figure out where to listen to Planetary Radio, where do they go to get that?
2: Yeah, I mean, easiest place, you can just go to planetary.org slash radio. We always post it there. You can also find it on Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher. Uh, We also are on you know, over 100 radio stations. It's a shorter version of the show, so if you want the entire version, you'll probably want to go to the podcasting apps, but... We're all over the place.
1: <laughs> listen, I, to the, I, listen to the podcast.
2: I I, don't, I honestly think it's it's better because there's it, it's so hard every single week to chop out half of that show. There is part of the job. so much in there that that happens, and uh, you know we always try to maintain the conversationality and like the the good parts of the the science there, but the really deep nitty gritty stuff is always in the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, nice, yeah.
0: There is a question from someone here in the chat, uh, either one of you, what is in the works for the next space launch? Do you guys have something in the works or is that part of the cannot
1: discuss stuff? You mean like for a mission? I guess yes a, yeah, like mm-hmm. a solar system mission. I don't know what we can say. I mean there are some missions coming up that we're all very excited about.
2: yeah, but you know we're we're not building say light sail three. Right mm-hmm. I think that's that's the question that's kind of in a lot of people's minds because we we did we created the first fully crowdfunded spacecraft. It went up into space it it did exactly what we wanted it to do, which was prove that solar sailing was a viable means of propulsion for small satellites and things like that. but you know we we did that we we proved that worked, and now we're on to trying to help other new technologies grow so. Um, although we can't talk super much about all the other things we've got coming up, what I will say is that we established a new grant program, our science and technology empowered by the public grant program or our step grant program. And we allow people every two years to ride in with their awesome space ideas, either spacecraft or cool things we can put on other spacecraft. And then we fund some of those so that we can actually make these things a reality. So we've got a new round of those that we're announcing fairly soon. Um, so
1: keep an eye and- out for that one. And you've got a bunch of amateur astronomers out there, right? Um, Shoemaker NEO is our older grant program, where if you are one of those who's after asteroids, near-Earth asteroids and even comets, um, and you discover them or more likely are tracking them, characterizing them, helping with that, we have a grant program that is very successful, has a lot of credit for um, some wonderful discoveries and adding to our knowledge of these um. Uh, threats to our planet um then check out shoemaker neo as well both of these programs headed by our chief scientist bruce betts who now works with sarah doing the uh, what's up segment every week on planetary Mm -hmm. radio i can tell you you know the question was about launches but we're also looking forward to some stuff the ends of some missions, like osiris rex i think it's in october the sample return capsule is going to come back down to earth I mean, that's thrilling. That thing is just chock full of bits of Bennu. I have friends
0: at University of Arizona who are a part of that. Oh, man, that's going to be thrilling.
1: Uh, Next year's eclipse, the total eclipse across much of North America. We're putting together some big plans for that that we can't talk too much about yet, but stay Mm -hmm. tuned.
2: But that is a fun thing. After not being able to do you know, in person events for so many years, we're really trying to plan to do these meetings together again, because every time we get space people together, it's always instant friendships and and
1: connections kindled. So we definitely have a few of those things coming up soon. Sarah, Mm. can I throw in? I mean, would you talk about what we did? We didn't get to see the rocket launch, but when we a bunch of us went to Florida and met with a whole bunch of members. We did. Yeah, we, we went to go
2: see the Artemis one launch, which unfortunately got scrubbed. So we had to wait a little while for it to actually happen. But while we were there, we gathered together, you know, members that were there for the launch and had a meetup. And it was really kind of our, our first meetup since the pandemic ended. Both Matt and I were there along with some of our other colleagues. Casey Dreyer was there. Uh, Ray Pauletta, who's our, our uh, senior editor. Is that her title? now? forgive me I think it may have
1: even gone above that but, editorial but yes. director yes. she's yes. way i think that's it i think i that's think that's it, it. yeah Sorry, she
2: she She got an upgrade but um yeah we had a wonderful time and i i had this moment there there was someone there that was interviewing people for a newspaper article about it and after the whole thing was over he asked me if we all knew each other already and i was like no actually we we've only just met and he goes you, go, you guys all seem like you're deep friends I'm like that's the magic of yep. the space community we are all friends we just haven't met each other yet you know i'm very
1: like envious haven't of met sarah. each other
0: yet or in the daytime where you can see each other yeah
1: well that <laughs> might be it maybe just we're under red light we look different um, yes i i'm very envious of sarah because she and bruce betts got to go to blue origin right we did Blue Origin, yeah,
2: yeah. We got to go to the Blue Origin factory after that, and we we had someone with us that was Canadian, so we were limited in how much of the factory we could see. But there were already pieces of the new Glenn rocket being put together there. And I've had I've had the opportunity to go to to SpaceX as well. And anybody who gets a chance to go see these rocket factories, oh, yeah. it is
0: it will blow your mind. Nuts. It's it I've done SpaceX and <laughs> SpaceX. It's like holy cow! Like it's just right wow. off the highway. <laughs> In like, it's like 10 minutes from our office. And now you just drive by. It's like, yep, there's a Falcon 9 in the parking lot. No big deal. And then no you go deal. in it and you're like, dang.
2: <laughs> Is that a wall of Terminators?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like their, their 3D printing lab. Um, it's been yeah. years since I've been in there, but they walked us past that and they're like, here's our 3D printing lab. Our machines print in titanium. We're just like, oh, you know, that? sure, why not? So-
2: really, though, they had this. It was like a block about, like I don't know, maybe this thick that they had printed out of titanium. But it had all these kind of like microtubes on the inside. The printing was so accurate that you could pick up this piece of metal, turn it, and literally
1: look right through it. New world. So let me just for equal time, the ULA factory is also pretty cool. So, okay. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> I, but I I know I loved going to SpaceX. Gotta hit Good all time. of them. Yeah. Really yes. though,
2: I mean, how how lucky are we that we get to go on these adventures and share them with people, right? There are so many times I wished that I had access to go to these places, and now finally experiencing these adventures and and having people treat me like I belong there, it's it's mm-hmm. a weird feeling. But it's uh, it's awesome. Enjoy.
0: <laughs> kind of. It's like the beginning of Wayne's World where they got the backstage passes. Yep. Just Walking through, like showing everybody. So. Really
2: though, anytime I get a press pass or something, I just I take pictures of it. Like I, I got to go to the okay. Yuri's Night celebration as a member of the press with a VIP pass, and just meet all these people from Star Trek. I, I, I wish I could just go back in time and tell tell little Sarah what was in her future, and she would feel like all all that effort was worth it but you know it is it almost always is because even if you don't manage to become the host of planetary radio what you learn along the way and the friends you make i wouldn't trade it for anything even if i didn't get this job so
0: (laughs)
1: yeah my collection of press passes is hanging right behind my webcam so
0: (laughs) awesome (laughs) let's try this huge ball of (laughs) (laughs)
2: Put it in a sci-fi museum someday, in the in the yeah. exhibit
0: dedicated to Matt Kaplan's legacy.
1: <laughs> oh, and which I'm sure will be opening very soon.
2: Yep. yep.
0: <laughs> we need a very nice, like, black and white shot of Matt where he's in like a smoking jacket or something very prestigious and some. I think room. we're done now, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. we <it's like>, are <laughs> just, just like, "Hi, I'm Matt Kaplan. I didn't see you there. Welcome to so just."
1: <laughs> AI that'd be that'd yeah. be kind of cool yeah someday on we'll on
2: do
0: Mars. like a spin-off of planetary radio but it's like that's very like I don't even know where I'm going with it at this point I'm I have sure a vision for it we'll have to talk about somebody
1: it. out there I'm sure is already writing the code for this not for me but for Bill Nye so yeah. that, that's one I would love to see and Carl maybe Carl and Bill together having a conversation you know that Bill went to Cornell and was a student in carl's intro to astronomy or intro i think it was intro to astronomy class i
0: think so and
1: yeah. uh, carl gave bill advice uh, that you know made its way into the design of the science guy show so uh, the legacy continues
0: yes you never know who you're gonna inspire next yeah. so really though well that was our hour we just plowed through it went fast um (laughs) thank you both uh for spending your morning with you or with us i know you guys are very busy but i appreciate matt you coming back on and sarah it was great to meet you and talk to you so um is there anything you guys want to plug for planetary society before we shut it down for the day
2: Oh man, that's a hard one. What I will say is that if you want to keep up to date with all the things that we're doing, a great way to do that is to, you know, subscribe to our newsletter. So you go to planetary.org/downlink. Every week we give you know all the links to all the new stuff we're doing, but also we add in cool stuff about what's happening in space exploration right now. So that's always a great way to do that.
1: And then you know, when you're done with this hour, uh, you can listen to Planetary Radio anytime. Go and subscribe to that. Yeah. Uh, which you can do in all those places that Sarah mentioned. And then you'll have two of the best podcasts about space.
0: Heck yeah. Planetary Radio for all your planetary needs. So, <laughs> so. Well, guys, thank you so much. Um, thank everybody for watching today. Uh, we will be back next week with uh, What's Up for the Month. I will let you know that's a pre recorded episode for next week because I will be out of town. Um, but it'll still be here at 10 a.m. Um, and that's uh, What's Up for May. Um, Matt and Sarah, thank you so much again for joining us this morning, and I uh, hope you guys have a great weekend.
1: Thanks for having us. Thank you, Kevin. I'm going to go check out that sale now, Skywatcher. Uh, Sounds sale. good. Jumbo shrimp.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, we have stuff on sale. Go get yourself a telescope. So <laughs>
1: A third one? Okay.
0: Yeah. No, you're only on three? It's like... <laughs> amateur hour no i'm just kidding Uh. very much so yeah (laughs) thank you all right everyone thank you so much we'll see you next friday take care and clear skies see ya bye